Can we pray quickly? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for the privilege of being able to come together as your church and worship and just really connect with you tonight. And I pray that as we start 2023 by putting you first, that we know that the rest of the year is going to be blessed, full of testimonies, breakthroughs, miracles, healings, and that so many people are going to come to know who you are on the back end of us putting you first as a church, as an, as an, as an individual too, Lord. So I thank you for the significance of fasting, for the significance of putting you at the center of our life as we commit this in the precious name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Give someone a high five as you take your seat, preferably the person you ignored earlier. So good. Can you believe we're in 2023? Yeah, it's a good year. I think it's the Rugby World Cup this year and a couple of World Cups. And anyway, Ronaldo is still the GOAT, in my opinion. And uh, let's, not, let's not get disconnected here. Let's not get disconnected here. But we're going to jump straight into it. And um, there is a, in my opinion, a famous video that went viral about 10 years ago. Or maybe it was five years ago, I don't know, but it was a while ago. And I will never forget it because it was possibly one of the funniest videos that I've ever seen. I wanted to play it for you on the screen, but there's foul language in it. So I thought maybe I shouldn't do that. We want to start the year off on the right foot and I don't want to get in trouble right in the beginning. So anyway, I'll explain it to you if that's okay. So there was this guy who was driving on one of our national roads. I don't know if it was the N1 or the N2, but it was pretty much this long stretch of road in front of him and he had his phone out and he was recording uh, what was about to happen and they were driving pretty fast right there was a car in front of them and they were waiting for an opportunity to take over this car and he was driving a, a BMW X5 like one of those big boys that are really fast and just are not slow cars so he was recording himself driving and about to take over this car in front of them so he takes over the car and then you hear him say look what's going to happen now but before he showed us what was going to happen next. He showed us how fast he was going. He was pretty much driving between 190 and 200 kilometers an hour. That's fast, right? I wouldn't dare. My car at 110, the wheels start shaking. I just freak out. No, I'm not going to do that. I don't consider myself an adrenaline junkie. That's just ridiculous. Anyway, he was driving fast. And then he says, check here, check here. And then he kind of moves the phone, and all of a sudden, remember he's going at about 200 kilometers an hour, this car comes racing past him. I don't want to know how fast that car was going. 220, 230, 240, but it disappeared within a few seconds. Now, you're probably wondering, what was the car? Was it a Porsche? Was it a Lamborghini? What's another fast car? I don't know, it doesn't matter, I'm not a car person. But it was an old, 80s, maybe 90s, Opal Cadet with a cream color. I'm pretty sure I saw paint rusting and a few dents in the back of it. It came racing past this brand new X5. Now, we can all agree that that probably wasn't the stock engine in the Opal Cadet, correct? Something else was running that car to make it go that fast. And as I was preparing for this message, it really spoke to me about what's so important about what's on the inside and not the outside that matters. You would have thought, you saw the X5 standing still next to the Opel Cadet, the X5 was going to smoke it. But that wasn't the case because no one knew what was on the inside of the Opel Cadet and it smoked the X5. What's on the inside matters more about what's on the outside. Now, 
every year, twice a year as a church, but more importantly, at the beginning of every year, we fast. We do 21 days of, we call our church to do a Daniel fast, and then for the next, for the last seven days, we do a full liquid fast. Church, I want to encourage you, we don't fast because we're religious. We don't fast because we want to tick the boxes. We fast because we understand and wholeheartedly uh, believe and have a conviction about putting God first. Because we know that when we put God first, the rest is blessed. That's not prosperity preaching. It's a principle that comes from God. When you put God first, we believe and have a conviction and a peace and an excitement and an expectation that the rest of the year is going to be blessed. I can't plead with you enough to fast with us as a church over the next few weeks. If you don't want to do Daniel fast, that's totally okay. If you want to fast chocolates, fast chocolates. I know for some of you that's going to be really hard. Hey, for the young people, if you need to fast YouTube, you got to fast on YouTube. I know some of you can't go to bed without watching three hours of that black hole. Next thing you know, it's 1 a.m. and it's like, where did the, where did the time go? But maybe that's what you need to fast. But can I encourage you, whatever it is, join us on this journey. Because when you fast, what you're saying is you're saying no to the flesh and you're saying yes to God. You're saying, God, I don't want to be on my agenda for my life. I want to be on the agenda that you have for my life. You move from your page and you go to God's page. Fasting is important, but please fast with us. And I'm going to share a testimony at the end of the message of breakthrough that God gave me as we fasted as a church many years ago. And the same God who brought breakthrough for my life is the same God who's faithful to bring breakthrough for your life or for your family or for this church or for our nation. Because the Lord knows we need breakthrough for our nation. Amen. And I believe the breakthrough will come in on the back end of a fast. Significant breakthrough. So whatever you fast, let's do it. You're not alone. We're doing it as a church. And we're going, God, we're going to put you first for the next few weeks and declaring that the rest of the year is going to be blessed. Amen? But what fasting does for you and I is it puts Jesus at the center of our life. In fact, it's the first value that we hold as a church is we always put Jesus at the center. It's first for a reason, because we understand that if Jesus isn't at the center of our life, the rest of the values really mean nothing. It's important that Jesus is at the center of our life. That's what fasting does. Fasting goes, I'm going to take what shouldn't be in my life, and I'm going to put Jesus where he belongs. Because everything we do needs to be with Jesus at the center. Everything we do has to be an overflow of Jesus at the center of our life. So if you're struggling in certain areas in your life to put Jesus at the center, then there's even a greater reason for you to join us over the next three weeks to fast and pray together as a church in Jesus' name. Fasting is so important. It puts Jesus at the center of our life. When Jesus is at the center, significance happens in our life. What we do holds significance. What we say holds significance. What we pray has significance because Jesus is at the center of our life. I'm going to read a scripture in Luke 24, verses 28 to 35, and I want to paint you a picture of what it means to 
invite Jesus into the center of your life. And it really is a powerful story. It's a powerful moment for the people who experience Jesus in the scripture. And you can experience the same power that they experience. So we're going to read it. It's going to be on the screen behind me. And this is what it says. Luke 24 verses 28 to 35. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as he was going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. He disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were our hearts not burning within us while while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven of those with them, assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord is risen, and he has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what happened on the way, and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke bread. It's a powerful scripture. But there's three things that we learn when we read that scripture. The first thing we learn is that the people who were going on this journey with Jesus invited Jesus into their home. Essentially, Jesus was their gift. I mean, sorry, their guest. Because they invited him. When you make a decision to put God first as we fast, when we make a decision to put Jesus at the center of every aspect of our life, what you are doing is you are inviting Jesus into those areas. You're inviting Jesus into your situation. You're inviting Jesus into your future. You're inviting Jesus into your relationships. You're inviting Jesus into your workplace. Why? Because you're putting him first and you're putting him at the center. You're asking him to come. But naturally, when you invite someone as a guest, you host them, correct? You make sure that they're fed, that they're looked after, that they've got a nice soft bed. But clearly, that scripture shows us that the moment Jesus was invited into that house, he hosted the people that invited him. He took charge. He led the situation. He broke bread and he gave it to them. When you invite Jesus into the center of your life, when you invite Jesus into every situation that you face or that you're going to face, what you're doing is you're saying, Jesus, I can't do this by myself, but you take charge. You take charge of that situation. You no longer host it, but Jesus does. You no longer lead it, but Jesus does. You no longer bless it because Jesus does. He broke bread and he blessed it. And what happens, and we see in scripture, is when the bread was broken, blessed, and given to them, their eyes were opened. In fact, it says that their hearts started to burn. Something ignited inside of them. If there's an area where you feel like you're not burning anymore, can I encourage you to invite Jesus into that area? Something has taken the place of Jesus and all he's asking is for us to put him back at the place that he belongs. Because when he is sitting at the place that he belongs, you no longer 
take charge of that situation. He does. So I want to encourage us. We don't fast or put Jesus at the center because we're religious people. We fast and put him first and at the center of every situation because we understand that we can't do it without his strength. We can't do it without his anointing. Jesus needs to be at the center of our life. You got to invite him in and allow him to do what only he can do to perform miracles and to perform healings in Jesus' name. Invite Jesus into every area of your life and not just a few. But Jesus takes control. Jesus leads it. And I think what's important for us to understand is and to never forget is who Jesus is. One of my favorite scriptures, and I'll preach on it often because of the truth and relevance it holds for you and I. It's Matthew 28. It's a great commission, but it's really found in the beginning. So Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. Then Jesus came and said to them, and I want to stop here, all authority in heaven and on earth. All authority. Everyone say all authority. See, Jesus didn't say, I only have some authority. Jesus says and promises us that he has all authority. When you invite Jesus to be at the center of your life, when you put Jesus first in your year, you can understand and have peace and know that you are doing life in the authority of Jesus. That that situation that seems so dire, you understand that you're walking in his authority because you put him at the center. When you feel like there's a situation that is hopeless, when you put him at the center of that situation, all of a sudden you stop doing it in your authority and you start to do it in his authority. We are called to live in the authority, all authority on heaven and on earth that comes from Jesus. Stop trying to bring breakthrough for yourself. Let the authority of Jesus bring the breakthrough that you need or that family member needs or that work colleague needs or this ch our church needs or our community needs or our, our nation needs. We can't bring the breakthrough, but the authority of Jesus can. And the authority of Jesus comes when we put him at the center of every situation and not just a few. Every situation. So all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. The authority of Jesus never leaves us because the scripture says that he never leaves us. So clearly when he's at the center of every situation, we always walk in the authority of Jesus. You are no longer just this random person. You are a son and daughter of Jesus carrying his authority wherever you go. Why? Because as a church and as individuals, we've made a decision to put him at the center of every area of our life, but to start the year with him. Church, again, I'm going to say this often tonight. Please, whatever you need to fast to put him first, please fast. Please, I beg you, if you want more information, you can go to the back outside of the service. And, and this form really explains more in depth about what we're believing for and fasting as a church. But if you can't do the Daniel fast, please find something else to fast. But I want to encourage you, church, please fast with us. Don't miss out on putting Jesus first at the beginning of your year. Please fast 
so that we can see breakthrough in your life and breakthrough in the life of our church. So we know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And he's given us a mission for 2023, which is to go out. Our mission hasn't changed. It's to go out, each one reach one, living with the end in mind, knowing that people deserve to know who Jesus is. People deserve to understand and, and have a conviction about the promise that Jesus has given us. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Let us put him at the center of everything we do as we fast as a church at the beginning over there in the next few weeks. So as Jesus is at the center of our life, as Jesus is our leader and our guider, as we do the mission that he's called us, three things essentially activate when we put him first and at the center of our life. And the first thing is that Jesus becomes our reason. Jesus becomes your reason for everything that you do. It stops becoming about you and it starts to become about Jesus and the people you get to reach. The reason it becomes about our reason is because Jesus says, all authority has been given to me and go. That's our reason because Jesus told us to go. This year there are going to be many opportunities for us to allow people to experience his love, to experience his grace, to experience his forgiveness, to experience his presence. But the only way people can experience that is when our reason is Jesus and we take his presence wherever we go. When we take his authority wherever we go. Jesus is our reason. It says in Luke 19 verse 9, Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. One of our reasons to put Jesus at the center of our life is we call to reach the lost. You and I are called to reach the lost. And the only way we're ever gonna effectively reach the lost is if Jesus is at the center of our life. We're not called to save the lost because only Jesus can save the lost. And how does he save them? by making sure that they are surrounded by his presence and he leads their heart. But the only way they can experience his presence is if the presence of God is taken wherever we go. We call to reach the lost so that Jesus can save them. Amen? It says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, God made him who had no sin uh, to be sin for us so that in him we may become the righteousness of God. We are called... Another reason to be righteous before God, to live a righteous life, to be an example, to be the light, to be the salt. The only way we can live a righteous life is when Jesus is at the center. Is when every decision we make, every thought we think, every word that comes out of our mouth is an overflow of Jesus at the center of our life. You and I are called to be righteous so that others can experience his love and grace so that they can experience his presence for the first time. Ephesians 2 verse 16, and one in body to reconcile both them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. Jesus wants reconciliation between him and the lost. He wants them to experience his love for the first time, the same way that you and I were reconciled by accepting his grace through faith, he wants others to be reconciled with him. That's our reason. 
as we put Jesus at the center, we wake up every morning and go, this life I live is not about me. This life I live is for the glory of Jesus and to serve others. Then you live in the greatest season of your life when it stops becoming about you and it becomes about others. Greatest is he who is least. It's the greatest, and that's why we say it's a privilege that we get to serve in God's house. It's a privilege that we get to do this because we get to serve God and we get to serve others. If you aren't serving or if you're not part of a team, can I encourage you to join us on the 7th of Feb where we host Growth Track. Childcare is gonna be available. We wanna help you take your next step in serving God and serving others. We aren't called to warm seats every Sunday, but we're called to keep them warm for someone else to sit in. Why? Because we're called to serve people. Jesus is our reason when he is at the center of our life. The second thing, is that Jesus is our message. Jesus is our message. And he is our message through our words and our actions. The words that come out of our mouth and the way we live our life will depict whether Jesus is the message or something else is the message. And the only way Jesus will be the message of your life is he, if he's, he is at the center of it every single day. We're gonna hone in on this a lot. Jesus needs to be at the center of our life. Every single day is an opportunity for us to take what shouldn't be at the center and put Jesus back. That's why we're fasting, because we understand that there's certain areas where we've stopped allowing Jesus in. But in fasting, we go no to those reasons and we say yes to Jesus. Jesus is our message. And part of Jesus being our message is, and as we go out and, 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 and really show others his message by our words and, and by our actions, we understand that we have benefits from Jesus being our message. And we have benefits from Jesus being at the center of our life. The first benefit is that we experience true freedom. We've experienced true freedom. Before you and I met Jesus, before Jesus was at the center of our life, we were broken, we were lost, we were deaf, we were blind, but because Jesus entered into our life, the greatest miracle and the miracle of salvation took place. We are no longer bound by sin, but we are set free by the blood of Jesus. When Jesus is at the center, we experience true freedom. The crazy thing is, is that when we take Jesus out of the center and we put something else in, we allow ourselves to become prisoners of that area in our life. And it chains us and it holds us down because you can't get through that without Jesus. Put Jesus at the center so we can live a life of true freedom. The next thing we experience is there's an unshakable joy that we experience, that we live. It says in Hebrews 1 verse nine, you have loved the righteousness, the righteous, and hated wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. When Jesus is at the center of our life, when we say no to our flesh and yes to him, this unspeakable joy comes upon us. Because we aren't living in fear, but we're living in a confidence in knowing that Jesus has authority of our life. And because we know that Jesus has this authority over our life, there's a joy because we aren't doing the work Jesus is. If you're struggling or you're in a season where you feel dread or you feel fear or you experience everything that isn't joy, can I encourage you? It might be because you haven't allowed the authority of Jesus over that part of your life. It might be your future. 
It might be finances. It might be employment. I don't know what it is, but if it isn't bringing you joy, take a moment to reflect as we fast for the next three weeks and make sure that you've given it to Jesus. We aren't called to live in fear. We aren't called to live stressed and anxious lives. We're called to be people of peace because we know who Jesus is and the authority that he holds. Jesus needs to be at the center of our life and we do it by putting him first in fasting. The last thing, and I can ask the keys to come up if that's okay, is when Jesus is at the center, we keep it simple for him. We keep it simple for him. Nowhere in our relationship with Jesus does it call us to live complicated lives with him. You're asking, yes, we, we fasting and by fasting, we're putting him first. And by fasting, we're putting him at the center. But we can live a simple relationship with him where we put him at the center of our lives every day. All God is asking is for us to spend time with him. It's not a complicated thing. See, the devil will try and distract you and almost make you feel disappointed in yourself. And that disappointment leads you to not spending time with God. I've been there. But all God is asking is for you to spend time with Him. It's simple. If it's five minutes, five minutes. If it's 10 minutes, 10 minutes. But let that moment and that time with God grow every day. Every morning, we wake up and make a decision to put Jesus at the center of our life. Every morning, we wake up and make a decision to not try and do life in our authority, but do it in the authority that comes by putting Jesus at the center. It's simple. It's not a complicated relationship that Jesus wants to have with us. It says in Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 10, God saved you by His grace when you believed. You can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he's planned for us long ago. It's not complicated. God had a plan for our life many years ago. Maybe you're sitting here tonight and you're going, I don't have purpose. I don't feel like there's a plan or there's a future for my life. That scripture tells me that when you put Jesus at the center, you're going to walk and live in the most incredible purpose that he has for you. Doing significant things for him and for the kingdom of God. Don't go to bed thinking I have no purpose. Go to bed knowing that you've lived a fulfilled day because Jesus was at the center. Living a life with Jesus at the center is not a complicated ordeal for you and me. All God is asking is for us to spend time with Him every single day. But part of keeping it simple is not overcomplicating how we reach people. Please, can, can we not be Bible bashers? Can we not be the people who shout from the top? If you, if you don't turn, you're going to burn. You guys have all heard that statement? A lot of time it almost scares people away because you're overcomplicating it. All Jesus has asked us to do is to love people the same way He loves us. 
The same way He's shown us grace, He wants us to show grace to others. The same way that He's forgiven us is the same way He's called us to forgive others. It's not a complicated relationship that He wants to have with us. So keep it simple. The more you complicate it, the harder it's going to be to sustain. Keep it simple. Make sure you're getting into those moments where you're reading the truth and the Word of God. Make sure you're getting into those moments where you're not just worshiping on a Sunday at 6 p.m., but you're worshiping Him every single day. Get into moments every day where you're praying and you're trusting and and you're believing for miracles and you're believing for breakthrough and you're believing for those family members who you want God to save. Keep it simple. One of the reasons I want to encourage you to fast with us as a church and And I want to share a testimony, if that's okay. When I was, it was my first year of being a youth pastor here at church, and there were a group of of people who we got to lead. And they are people who we had walked an incredible journey with. We invested into them. We we allowed them to sleep in our beds where they had nowhere else to go. We it was a friendship. They they were people who we believed in. They were people who we believed that. We're going to lead our church one day. And something happened. I don't know what it is. But offense was taken. And as a young person, I never experienced this before, but essentially my name was dragged under a bus. And they said some harmful things. That I'm a bad person. I'm a bad leader. I'm a bad pastor. And for a young person who's new in a leadership role, those were hard things to hear. It hurt. It was, as, it was as if the things that had happened before that were completely forgotten. But it hurt. And I hold unforgiveness for a long time. I'm going to be the first to admit it. And then we went into a time of praying and fasting where I knew that I couldn't carry this burden anymore because that's what unforgiveness is. It's a burden. And the more you hold on to it, the heavier it gets. And the more you hold on to it, the more it's going to stop you from doing what God has called you to do because it becomes the center of your life. The unforgiveness became the center of my life. Jesus stopped becoming the center. So I was selfish in that season of praying and fasting. And I said, God, I want breakthrough for one thing and one thing only, to truly forgive those people. Not on the surface, now I forgive them, you know, and then go home and get like super angry. True, godly forgiveness. And I'll never forget, I was standing over there in the auditorium And in a moment, I felt that burden disappear. And I felt healed of hurt. And in that moment, I forgave them. And that burden that I was carrying for so long disappeared within a moment. I said in the beginning, the same God who did that for me is the same God who's faithful to do that for you. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what crisis you either in or you expecting. I don't know what family member you're believing for to experience love of Jesus. I don't know what fear you're facing or what anxiety you're facing or what stress you're facing or what burden you're carrying. But can I encourage you, don't miss out on this opportunity to put God at the center of every single one of those seasons in your life. Every single one of those situations that you face. When we fast and put God first, we say no to that and we say yes to Him. We say, God, I'm 
I can't do this by myself anymore, but I'm going to put you there and your authority, and I'm going to believe for breakthrough. My prayer for us as a church as we fast is not only will we celebrate miracles over the next three weeks, but we're going to celebrate miracles for the whole of 2023 because you put God first over the next 21 days. I'm going to believe for miracles for you as an individual, for your own personal life. I'm going to believe for miracles for your family. I'm going to believe for miracles for every single situation that you might be facing. I'm believing miracles for our church across all of our locations. I'm believing for miracles in our country in 2023. And I'm believing for it because I'm walking in a confidence that comes from putting Jesus first over the next 21 days. You can walk in that confidence. You can walk in that authority by putting Jesus at the center of your life. By starting 2023 with Him. One last time, please don't miss out on the opportunity to fast with us as a church. Whatever it is, let it be something where you say no to the flesh and you say yes to Jesus. No to the flesh and yes to Jesus. I'm believing for a miracle season in our church, for a season of breakthrough. But more importantly, a season of testimonies, that people are going to hear what God is doing in the life of our church. And because of the testimonies that they're going to hear, that they're going to experience Jesus for the first time. That we're going to see heaven populated on the back end of the next 21 days because of the testimonies that you are going to share of what God has done in your life. Can we close our eyes? Maybe you are sitting here tonight and you've heard all this encouragement and talk about putting Jesus first and the significance of putting Jesus first and, and, put, and the significance of, of having Jesus at the center of your life and this authority that we're speaking about and this promise that we're speaking about. Maybe you've never made that decision, but you know that you, you can't face these things anymore by yourself. But you know that you've got to face it with Jesus. That you've got to face it in His authority. That you've got to face it with His promise. Maybe you're living a broken life or a depressed life or a life full of fear, dread, hopelessness. Can I encourage you, church? Take that out of the sense of your life by putting Jesus as your leader and go on the journey with Him, the process of healing. If you want to make the greatest decision you're ever going to make by putting Jesus first, out of respect, no one is looking. This is between you and Jesus. On the count of three, I want to ask you to put your hand up. We want to pray with you. One, Jesus gave his life as a sacrifice for you. Two, so that you can put him at the center and make him leader of your life. Three, if that's you, do you want to put your hand up? We've got a hand in the middle. Thank you, Jesus. We've got a hand over here. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone else? Don't miss this opportunity to put Jesus first in your life, to make Him your Lord and Savior. We've got a hand over here. Thank you, Jesus. The greatest decision you're ever going to make to put Him first, to make Him the leader of your life. If there's anyone else, we're going to pray a prayer together. Do you want to put your hand up? No one is looking. It's between you and Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Got another hand over there. Thank you, Lord. Church, we're going to pray the salvation prayer together. 
But we're going to pray it loud and we're going to pray it proud because of the significance of this prayer. So let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for what you did on the cross for me. Today, I declare that you are my Lord and Savior. I put you at the center of my life. Forgive me. Guide me. Lead me. All the days of my life. And everyone said, Amen. Come on, church. Can we give Jesus some praise? Thank you, Lord. I want to... So I want to quickly pray for all of us as we go into the next 21 days. And again, if you want any more information, you can go outside and grab one of these. It has everything that you need. Or you can come and speak to one of the dream teamers. We'd love to connect with you and help you go on this journey of fasting. But Father, I thank you for the significance of the next 21 days as we make a decision as a corporate church, but as individuals to put you first in 2023. Father, I declare and I say it proudly and with confidence that as we put you first, we understand that the rest will be blessed, that you will lead us throughout 2023 so Father I thank you Lord and I pray for anyone who's saying they can't fast it's impossible it's too hard Father I bind rebuke and break that thought in Jesus name and that they will wake up with the authority to fast what you've called them to fast with an excitement with an energy with an expectation as to what you are going to do in their life in the life of our church, in the life of their family, because they've put you first in 2023. Father, may we keep you at the center of our lives. May we make you the leader of our lives, not just on a Sunday, but every day, so that we can bring glory to your name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Church, have a blessed week. Let's smash this fast in the face. Grab some coffee outside. If you're new, we'd love to meet you. As you walk out, you'll see some of our dream team there. Have a blessed week, and we'll see you next week, Sunday.